This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Today, our topic is coaching at work and how any supervisor or leader can develop practical coaching skills to help their colleagues be more engaged and productive. Our guest is Wendy Swire. She's an executive coach and leadership consultant, and she's also the co-author of Anytime Coaching. That's a book that offers a simple model and lots of practical tips about how you can be a more effective manager. Wendy will describe listening, mindfulness, and other skills that could transform your leadership style. She'll talk about how neuroscience can explain the power of coaching, and she'll offer practical suggestions to help you develop your own coaching skills in everyday situations. Wendy, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I, I am so pleased to have you here. I am delighted to be here, Bev. Thank you so much for having me as well. And I'll just mention to our listeners before we get started that you and I met more than 15 years ago, I think, when we were both enrolled in a uh, leadership coaching program at um, yeah. Georgetown University. 15 years. That's unbelievable, actually. Yes, we met the, at the Georgetown program many years ago, and um, that was a wonderful experience. Well, today what we're going to talk about is um, you know, one of your many areas of expertise, which is anytime coaching. But before we get into that, could you um, um, just tell us a little bit about your practice and uh, you know, what you've been doing as it's evolved after the last 15 years or so? Oh, sure. I'm happy to. So I am an executive coach. I'm a leadership coach here based in the Washington, D.C. area. And I do a lot of different things. I don't have a coaching practice that's, you know, solely focused on one type of clients. And I don't just coach. I do other things. I facilitate, I teach, I train, I write. Um, But I would say there's four pillars of work that I'm doing now. I mean, the first is working with my corporate leaders and my executives. And there I'm really trying to help these leaders enhance their work performance, um, whether it be in influencing or being more strategic, managing their teams. And obviously, there's been a lot of challenges through the pandemic and how they can lead and manage these these virtual teams. So that's sort of one pillar. Um, The second thing I do is a lot in the field of mental fitness and neural leadership. Um, This is something I'm very excited about. I've been doing a lot of work in the field of positive intelligence which is really looking pretty deeply at your saboteurs, your inner critics. So I do a fair amount of work in, I'm going to call it brain science. Um, and I, I'm very interested in what's going on in sort of this cutting edge neuroscience and how we apply it to leadership. Uh, and the third area um, I would say I, I've been doing a lot more of is really, I'm going to call it personal leadership. And this anybody can do, you don't even, you know, individuals, Um, You don't have to be in an organization, but this is really helping people, my clients get really clear, defining their vision, their focus, their strengths, their values, um, and kind of just getting alignment. So that's been interesting. Those are sort of my top three pillars of what I've been up to. 
Well, it's a it's quite a varied practice, and I know you're pretty well known for your um, being a pioneer, one of the first people to really focus on neuroscience and how that um, not only um, empowers but also, in some ways, validates coaching. So we might get into that a bit, but um, but first, I've got a, a really basic question to ask you. It's so basic, I almost don't think it's uh, fair. But when I was kind of thinking about how long ago that we had our first conversations together about coaching, I started thinking that after all of these years, I still stumble sometimes when people ask me what coaching is. If, If you look at some of the official definitions when you go to websites and uh, places where people are offering coaching or coach training. Sometimes it sounds sort of mysterious and uh, kind of like um, gobbledygook sometimes. So what is your kind of working definition of, of coaching and particularly executive coaching? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. And it can sound a little bit wishy-washy, like what do you do exactly in coaching? So Um, I think it's an excellent question. So coaching to me is really being in conversation. It's really a conversation. It's a conversation between a coach and a client. And we just partner. We partner with our clients to really come up and and just ask thought-provoking questions, create, create a process that enables and inspires our clients or any individual to really maximize their potential and think differently and really look at it can be personal or professional. I mean, there's so many different kinds of coaching now, but it's really client driven. And, you know, my job is really just to help my clients discover, clarify, what do you want to achieve? What's important to you? So it really is a conversation that has some process around it but I'm there to really help my clients, hold them accountable and responsible. Now, executive coaching is a niche within um, the field. And here I am working with, I would say, uh, corporate leaders or people specifically on leadership skills and competencies tied to the workplace. So I hope that answers that for you. It answers it for me. Um, I, I know, though, that it, it takes a little practice and um take some time to get your mind around it. One of the things you mentioned is it's um, a relationship. And for me, the relationship between the coach and the client is just so special and non-judgmental and mm-hmm, positive. Mm-hmm. But actually what we're going to talk about today is that anybody can do some coaching or at least use coaching skills or a coaching mindset to be helpful in a workplace without being a coach, without a, that coach-client relationship that's been you know, set up by the hour. Um, and that brings us to your book, which I think is a very helpful book. And it sheds some light on coaching generally, but the book is Anytime Coaching. Uh, and it, it talks about how any kind of supervisor or even a colleague can uh, help their colleagues be more engaged and productive at work. So just to start out, tell us what you mean by anytime coaching. Oh, absolutely. And I'd I'd be happy to talk about it. And I think you're right. You know, before I define it, 
I think it is, you know, the, the formal coaching relationship is one that's built on trust and confidentiality, and it's a little bit more formal. Well, anytime coaching is a whole, it, it, it basically what we feel is that you don't have to go to coaching school to be a coach. You don't have to enroll like at Georgetown or an online coaching program that anyone who has a set of some basic communication skills can coach. So it really is a set of these four communication practices that will enable people to help other people. That's really at the most simple level. And you do that by unlocking, if you can unleash best thinking um, in other people, then you're an anytime coach. If you can help people grow in some way and improve individual organizational performance, you're a coach. So again, it could be you do that with a teammate, um, someone you work with. I've heard people tell me they use it in their families, you know, um, so it really can be used any time. It's just how you interact with others. You know, do you right. do it? Yeah. So I like the way you have a, a model that describes four practices. So I wonder if you would mind walking us through it. First, tell us what you mean by a practice. And then what are those four practices that are really sort of essential, not just skills, but also kind of mindset setters? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, what's so interesting is these skills that I'm going to describe are ones that if you're in communication and conversation and you know how to have, you know, to talk to others, then you, you know what to do here. So it's really based on common sense. Uh, we wanted to demystify coaching. That was one of the goals of the book. So, you know, a practice for me, you know, there are these four practices that we can go into. But, you know, if you think about it, let's say you are, you want to get better at playing an instrument, you know, you're going to practice that. If you want to get better at a sport, you know, if you golf, you're going to get out there and, you know, swing the golf club. I mean, it is really no different than looking at your fundamental communication skills. So as a practice, all a practice is, is something you do regularly with the goal of continual improvement. All right. It's the act of just, we're going to keep doing it over and over again. So, and we know it's so interesting, Bev, we know from neuroscience that if you want to create habits, practice is key because that will form new neuronal connections and you can actually rewire your brain. So again, to be successful as an anytime coach, you just have to have a commitment and say, I'm going to practice some of these these skills over and over again. And that's how you get better. That's pretty, that's simply it. So what, what are the, uh, the four essential skills? Okay. The four practices of anytime coaching, I'll go through those, um, and I'll give you an acronym. The first is the practice of observing. That's the O. The second is the practice of inquiring, which is an I. The third is the practice of listening, L. And the fourth is the practice of responding. So it's O-I-L-R and... Um, as one of our readers coined Euler. So it's learning how to use these Euler practices. So observing is really just stepping back and starting to pay attention and noticing, noticing yourself, noticing other people, what's going on. You start to pay attention to verbal and nonverbal communication. Um, a little harder to do on Zoom and in our virtual environment, but it can be done. 
you deserve, um, you just really are, this is where we bring in mindfulness in our book. You just have to just be, be present with people and, you know, notice changes in them and notice any disparities in communication. You know, is someone talking quickly or too loud or too fast? So you really just are laser focused in observing. So that's the if, first if I can interrupt a second, I, I want to emphasize that that you mentioned observing yourself because part of it isn't just focusing on on the person who's your client or who you're work, talking with at the time. It's it's sort of noticing your own anxiety or judgment or anything that might get in the way and putting that aside, right? It's kind of a mindfulness start to the whole thing. Yes, absolutely. So in our book, we always start with self. The first person you're going to observe is yourself. So if you are feeling, you know, stressed or rushed, or you got to, you know, run out to the grocery store or order something online or lots going on at work, may not be the best time to have a coaching conversation, right? So you always start your, with yourself. And what we call in the book, uh, we, we coined the term PATH, being present, aware, and focused, which is just really another term for mindfulness. You know, So are you present, aware, and focused um, to kind of calm your fast results orientation? Let's get something done. No, let's take a step back. How am I feeling? And then I can enter in the conversation. So that's the first practice of observing. Um, I can happy to go through the other practices. Yeah, I, I think before. these are um, these are essential to, I think, getting along with people. So they're worth, it's worth going through with all four of them. Okay, great. I'd love to. The second practice is the practice of inquiring. And this is just asking questions. How are you asking questions? Are you asking what we call our powerful questions? There are a lot of sloppy questions that people ask. Um, in the workplace, with friends, with family, you know, so if I say, you know, hey, how are you doing today? The likely response will be good or fine. You know, that could be a a sloppy question. We want to use more targeted, powerful, smart questions. You know, the quality as an anytime coach, you know that your, your questions are the doorway to meaningful conversations. So you want to be intentional with your questions. You want to ask um, good open-ended questions that really engage people, get them to think, be creative, and build relationships. So there's, you know, we have some a bunch of sample questions in the book, but you know, again, just really notice the quality of your questions, uh, and you will get different results in the conversation with others. So that's and, the second practice. And they have to be true questions. Um, you can't <laughs> say something like, "How could you do something so stupid?" And pretend that's a question. They've got to be kind of non-judgmental, yeah. open questions, right? Non-judgmental, open. Yeah, beautiful, Bev. Absolutely. That is that is not a smart question. <laughs> yeah, you know. And again, I work with my clients a lot, and you know, they they say I'm just not getting the information I want from my employee, or I feel like something's going on. And I said, well, let's ask a more targeted, specific question. Let's ask questions that get people to open up, particularly if people are shyer, more introverted. Um, so there's a lot you can do in questions. It's one of my absolute favorite of the practices. So then the next practice is listening, right? Uh-huh. Listening. And boy, it's hard to listen in today's world. It's, it's, you know, we coined the term in the book, extreme listening. And um, I came up with that phrase because it was during the winter 
And for our sports Olympic fans or sports fans, uh, there are these extreme sports events. And Sean White and some of these athletes, they do the most amazing extreme sports. Well, for me, listening is an extreme skill. It's an extreme thing you have to practice today because it's so hard. You get interrupted and you start to want to think about the response before the other party has finished speaking. So we, in any time coaching, we really want you to think about listening with non-judgmental curiosity. I can repeat that. You listen with non-judgmental curiosity. You listen for stories, you listen for patterns, but you just go into the conversation really curious and not trying to answer in your head. So it's a real skill to practice. And I, you know, I've been working on it for 20 plus years and I'm still not where I want to be as an extreme listener. And it's not all about listening though, because your, your fourth skill is a little different, right? Yes. If you're listening and you're responding, those should be at least equal, right? Um, So the fourth practice is the practice of responding. And there are many different ways when you're in conversation, uh, when you're having an anytime coaching conversation, you can respond with people. Uh, You know, we give in the book 13 very specific techniques. uh, But, you know, again, you don't always have to tell people what to do or direct. You can acknowledge, you can appreciate, you can reinforce, um, you can go back to asking those questions, or sometimes in the workplace, you do have to tell people what to do. That's okay uh, as an anytime coach. But we really want, I really want people to think about you have more tools to respond than you might think of. So that's the fourth practice. And you just practice different ways of responding based upon what you hear from the other person. So that is all of the Euler Four Practices. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash School. Since you and I were in that Georgetown program, it's become more evident why the coaching style is so powerful. Um, and, and that brings us to your expertise in neuroscience. Can you tell us a little bit why it's so much um, more effective to, to go through this kind of approach than to just tell people what they need to know? Oh, yes, absolutely. So we know from neuroscience research, um, and this is actually pretty compelling, that if you actually tell people what to do, okay, and so yeah, I want you to do this or you know, do the spreadsheet this way or fix it this way, you know, people may do it, they may not do it. But if people have the incentive, if they have the actual 
thought or motivation to do something on their own, A, they're more likely to do it, and B, it actually creates different neurochemicals within them of motivation or um, people, people have the desire. If people have the desire, they're more likely to do that. So I, you know, what I love about neuroscience is that it can really unlock people's, if, if you can ask the right question and figure out people's motivation, you can unlock different performance and start to rewire their brains, which is called neuroplasticity. Uh, you can actually, in that conversation, create a new neuronal wire wiring, which is really kind of exciting. It is amazing um, how um, how the brain can change itself, how it can it, it can grow and have have new connections and all kinds of things, and that we can have some impact on our own brain. It's pretty um, spectacular discovery. Oh, yeah. I love, you know, that's why I'm just so interested in neuroscience and the brain because, you know, again, brain science supports. We already know this, but the science now is kind of catching up and saying, yeah, here's, you know, we know when people figure something out on their own, they own it. And those brain pathways are changed and it embeds their learning and it's more likely to be repeated. That's the wonderful part. And it's one of the frontiers. You know, we really, I'm really interested in fostering sustainable change within, let's say, you know, myself, but in employees or your colleagues. So, I, you know, it's all, you know, this neuroplasticity is just fantastic. And, and part of it all, part of the whole package is that the coach or the, the including the anytime coach, brings positivity into the environment. Uh, the, the questions, the mindset, the, the, the attitude that's out there is a, a positive one, and that can that can change a lot of things, can't it? Oh yeah, um, you know one of the things we did, uh, my co-author and I, we did research on this. We really wanted to bring the best practices of leadership development and coaching to the book. So uh, <clears throat> I always say we kind of curated best practices, and one is in the field of positive psychology, which is what is working. What are you noticing that's positive? Let's build upon it. So you don't just use anytime coaching when something is needs to be fixed or isn't working. No, no. We actually are saying if something is working, if someone seems motivated, let's build upon it. So it is very much a glass half full um, approach. And it, it becomes what happens is once you start looking at that, you're always looking for ways to, to you know, how can I add how can I make this more positive? And it sort of becomes a, a frame of reference. I'm always trying to say, how can I encourage and support? Um, and informal conversations, anytime conversations, they don't have to be the formal, let's sit down and have a coaching conversation. And if you focus on the positive or positive steps or feeling good about an accomplishment or, you know, getting a little something done after you were depressed, any, any kind of positive step tends to make you feel better, which motivates you to take the next step. And you can start sort of an upward spiral if, if again and again you frame things in a positive way and give the person you're talking with just an opportunity to, to, to have a notice something good or try something and, and feel good about it, right? Oh, 100%, Bev. I couldn't have said it better. I am, 
I do a lot of work with my clients in this field of positive brain rewiring uh, and mental fitness. And we do a lot of what's working well. I, and I know there's 10 things you, you want to change. What is, what is working well? What can you build on? What do you feel proud of? What do you feel joy about? By doing that in conversation, you actually change the person's neurochemicals, which is even more fascinating. So words can change your neurochemistry. So, oh, yeah, it's it's fascinating part of uh, the book as well as um, how you can start to incorporate this in daily conversations. Well, let's um, say that uh, somebody is an anytime coach or maybe um, is a, a coach, um, a traditional kind of coach, and it seems to be working. What does that mean? What kind of outcome might um, people expect from successful coaching? Well, the ROI data on coaching is really quite powerful, um, that it supports, it's targeted towards an individual and what they need. Now, in my research and, and looking at um, the results that we saw for the book, I mean, there were a lot of positive uh, outcomes in coaching, anytime coaching, but in, in coaching in general. One is that employees or people you're talking to feel respected. They feel listened to. If you're practicing extreme listening, it feels wonderful to be listened to. So, so people feel respected. Uh, you can start to secondly unlock internal motivations. What do people care about? Well, that fosters a sense of well-being in people. People feel good. And we just talked about that, those positive neurochemicals. Uh, the key is that we really are moving towards anytime coaching. You know, we don't want to just have coaching conversations that are interesting or make you feel good. We actually want to move to what we call micro-performance improvements, which are tiny little baby steps where you actually get better at something. And when you get better at something, it can build. So it's not a, this is not a transformational change model of, you know, when you coach, it can, it, you're just, oh, someone can turn around overnight. Um, that's wonderful. This is a much more practical coaching methodology, which says, let's get tiny little baby steps. And if people do that, you can build upon it. And people just, people can just start to unlock so much. It creates an, a wonderful environment in the workplace, collaboration, cooperation. So a lot of good stuff can happen. <laughs> and the great thing about uh, your idea of anytime coaching, and I love the phrase, um, is that it's, um, it, it truly can be anytime and it can be anyone. You don't have to be a supervisor or have years of management experience or anything like that, no matter where a person is in their career or, or their life, they can start doing a little anytime coaching, right? Oh, yes, yes, 100%. This book is written for anybody, anybody who wants to learn some basic coaching skills. And again, it's even better if you're new in your career or just entering or out of college, or let's say you're a first time supervisor. Absolutely, you can start practicing observing, inquiring, listening. You can start to get that muscle memory and practice these skills. You do not have to be, you know, leading the be the senior leader, or the CEO, or anything. No, absolutely not. So these are skills everyone can use. And as I think I've said, we wrote we wrote the book this way: very practical, no nonsense. We want to demystify that you have to go through, you know, a 200-hour <laughs> coaching program to start to, to use 
the benefits and unlock coaching? Well, I'll say about the book, the subtitle is Unleashing Employee Performance. It sounds kind of HR-ish and a little bit, um, you have to be a supervisor, but the but the text itself is really accessible. It's clearly written. It's it's a it's a, a great way that somebody could pick up some awareness of coaching if they wanted to to um, uh, do that. But not everybody is going to be able to um, read your book. And I bet there's some people who are listening to us today thinking, "Gosh, I'd really like to try some of that," but where do I begin? What's a starting point? So do you have some suggestions? Maybe somebody is kind of new in their career and would like to have a coaching attitude be part of their style. How how can somebody sure. begin today? Sure. Well, of course, you know, thank you for those kind words about the book. And, and, and coming from you, that means a great deal to me. Um, yes, the book is really meant for anybody at any stage. It's meant for a diverse audience, a global audience, at English, even if English isn't your second language. So again, we wrote it so anyone can get quick you know, points on the board uh, with this book. Um, so a couple of things you can do. Okay, one, we know that it's based on practice. You know, again, if you don't have time to read the book or, you know, um, you're not just for some reason, you're just like, I just want to go out and get practice and motivated. Well, there's a couple things you can do. One is, uh, you know, figure out a couple few little things that you want to practice, which could be I'm going to, you know, notice my questions. I'm going to ask more open ended questions or I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to practice extreme listening and not interrupt my, you know, my spouse or my partner. I'm going to just practice that. Or I'm going to really try to do a few little things and I'm just going to do it over and over again, right? And just get a lot of reps in. That's beautiful work. That is the spirit of being an anytime coach. You know, and then the second thing is you can get an accountability partner. Find somebody and just say, you know, I really want to practice observing. I just feel like I'm not, I'm really distracted. I want to be more present, aware, and focused. You know, if you're on a Zoom call with me, can you be my accountability partner? That's a great thing. Get an accountability partner. Um, you know, you can request feedback. You can always request feedback. How am I doing in some of these basic communication skills? That's another way that you can move forward. Um, and again, I would say it really, you know, pick one of the practices, the one that you really want to get better at create a couple action steps and then, you know, just keep trying and you will notice a difference over time. So again, would love for people to buy the book, but if not, just pick one of these basic practices. Uh, you know, an easy one for me is ask those open-ended questions. Um, that one took me before I became a coach. Uh, that one took me a while to master. So that's a good one. That's an easy one. And another good one that I think you can start today uh, goes back to your saying that you begin by focusing on yourself. And when we talk about yourself, part of it is noticing that negative voice in your head that might disrupt your listening. So if you're listening to somebody and you hear yourself saying, oh, this is so boring, I want to go to lunch, you kind of learn to quiet that voice and refocus. So partly just managing your own kind of um, sometimes negative commentary that that can be part of it, right? Yeah, oh, beautiful, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, you can just notice your negative self-talk, your chatter, your inner critic. That is that's that's part of anytime coaching. 
then you can be more aware of how you're showing up. So if you just focus on that, um, that is great work and that, that will make you a good coach uh, and the, the pathway of becoming a, an anytime coach. So yeah, excellent idea. I love it. Well, I think that is a good and positive note for us to end on that um, we can all, no matter how long we've been doing this, we can all become better listeners and better coaches. But even if we just start this afternoon, it's possible to, to start uh, developing some of the benefits of anytime coaching. So thank you so much for your, um, your guidance and those encouraging words. Oh, Bev, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real privilege to, to be a guest and chat with you today. I so thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And I hope people can start their journey to becoming Anytime Coaches um, and just go ahead and jump in and get started. Yeah, and let's you and I not wait so long before our next conversation, okay? I would like that. That would be wonderful. Uh, all right, well, have a great day. Thank you so much. Be well. Today we've been talking with Wendy Swire about transforming your leadership style by building some coaching skills and a coaching mindset. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's tip is that when you don't know how to offer helpful advice, your best choice might be to ask some non-judgmental questions and listen carefully to the answers. Thank you for listening here. If you enjoy our show, we'd love it if you'd give Jazzed About Work a five-star rating or tell your friends.